House of Bob is sponsored by Legend 7 Brewing. Based in our hometown of Calgary, Alberta, these guys do a ton to keep us online and keep beers in our fridge. Thanks for listening. Hey, Bobbers. Sean here with some exciting House of Bob news. This month, on August 18th and 19th, House of Bob is going to be at the Drumheller Dino and Comic Expo. Come down to the Drumheller Badlands Community Facility to see Christina, Jake, and Alex, where we'll be selling zines, album art prints, and dice trays, and also accepting entries for our giveaway of the original hand-drawn artwork for House of Annihilation Chapter 10. If you want a chance to win this fantastic original, you can still enter by emailing us or messaging us on any social media platform with the answer to this skill-testing question. What is the name of Ordame Swiftendark's ship from House of Annihilation Chapter 1? Contact details are in our description and we'll accept entries right up until August 31st. Without further ado, I give you House of Annihilation Chapter 13. Last time on House of Annihilation. The surviving crew of the High Havoc find the entrance of the lost dwarven city of Harakamar, meet some of its former citizens, and delve deep into its magma-filled halls. There, they've confronted the city's new occupants, a small army of fire newts. I'm Dan. I'll be playing Liani, Liana, Servana, the Elf Beastmaster. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm playing as Cranston Thorne, the half-elf bard. My name's Alex, and I'll be playing as Hork Jones, the human fighter. I'm Christina, and I'm playing Douglas, the Ganassi Evoker. And I'm Sean, your Dungeon Master. If you like what you hear, you can support House of Bob and help us grow by reviewing us on iTunes, buying merch from our Etsy store, or even just telling your friends about us. Roll on. The cranes, chains, and gears of Hrakamar twist, groan, and clank in the deep red glow of the bubbling magma. Just meters above the boiling molten rock, a crowd of white-skinned dwarves heave on ancient chains which are tempered and treated to resist the intense heat of the volcano's heart. They are working frantically, sweat and blood mixing on their muscles in their leather armor. The dwarves shout and pull and direct a massive clay cauldron, itself rumbling and roiling with molten metal, silvery and white, like the dwarves' albino skin. One dwarf, her forehead and arms covered in rippling red tattoos, commands the crew to drag the elephant-sized container of molten metal above a vast pit. It dangles, rocking there as the forewoman steps to the edge of the pit. The dwarf woman raises her hand, tears in her eyes. Molten metal gushes down into the pit, and the air is filled with the otherworldly hisses and screams of steam. She stays there for quite a while, thinking until eventually she stands and leaves the pit, closing a set of massive doors behind her and locking them with two intricate keys. She leaves this place, leaves Rakamar, and its forges grow dull, its chains hang slack, until today, when the crew of the High Havoc gathers in the central smelting chamber of Rakamar, listening as a distant hammering, rhythmic and steady, slowly, slowly, stops. So here you are, in the central smelting chamber, these six huge smelters feeding and pulling the purified molten metal out of this huge central pit of magma. And you can see these big bellows to keep the forge hot, keep it moving. Off to the side, there's a pit of silvery molten metal that you guys uh, were going to, I think, throw a fire nude into. And he was cool with it. But we locked him up in the closet in the end. After that, we decided we wanted to like bronze the dead albino dwarf. I don't remember which guy it was. Segror. Segror. Let's bronze him. Or steal him. 
So you're just going to lower him into the vats? I mean, yeah. if that's what the dwarves want. I think that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sydney, no, it's what I want. <laughs> Have him doing like a crotch chop as I lower him in. <laughs> Sithy Vinecutter is more insistent that you just leave the body to the side. We'll, we'll, help, we'll help him later. We'll deal with him after we're done here. Okay. Uh, the, the vault is onward. We, we can finally recover our legacy. Will you, will you still accompany me? Yeah, we made it this far. Yeah, I mean, we owe it to you. Do, Do we? we? No, we <laughs> no, don't. We don't owe them shit. Yeah. No, Why but, not? But we want some... Guess the answer. They're going to share with us, though. Yeah, we want some equipment to help us face right. the inevitable oh, okay, terrors right. you, of you this owe dungeon. us equipment. That's how this whole thing went. All right. Uh, yeah, if, I'm, if you're willing to help me, you're <laughs> going to get a little bit of the share, I suppose. Yeah. As long as we know who owes who here. Right. Where were we going? You're in this huge smelting chamber. The path that you came from, the rail leads back out to the jungle, the way you came across another river of magma. To your left, you've got a double set of rail carts, which led to where you saw those giant striders. And around the other side of the magma pits, there is a five foot wide steel banded door that Sithy seems ready to go through. So let's go there. We heard rhythmic hammering there before that hammering has since stopped. So they probably know we're coming. Do we see any other entrances, exits, points of egress, or just what we see there? There is a crane that is kind of peeking through a big window in the wall that holds a ceramic smelting pot over top of the smelting pit. And it looks like that crane can retract and go into another room Right. that's on the same side of the wall as that door. Just walking right in through the front door might be uh, dangerous. But also climbing on a crane above a pool of molten lava is a bit dangerous. Sounds pretty cool, <laughs> though. Like, would we look cool doing it? I think we'd look cool doing it. We could have the dwarves go first. It's, it's something Rye would have been really good at. Rip. Aww. <laughs> Horik makes a little makes a little holy symbol on his forehead and on his heart. <laughs> Pours one out. I will approach the door and examine yep. it carefully for a trap and also to see if I can hear anything on the other side, perhaps. Oh, you should feel it. See if there's any heat. It, almost certainly it's going to be pretty hot. It is oh. definitely emanating some warmth, yeah. but not much more than the rest of the environment around you. With the clanging of that hammer having stopped, you think you probably will get a better sort of listen as to what's on the other side. Go ahead and roll me a perception check. 13 perception at the door. You hear nothing. And having checked out the rim of the door as well there, running your fingers along the edges of it, you find no traps. So you feel like you could probably go through this door. Not that I have trap binding or anything, but... <laughs> yeah, that's why I told you you didn't find any traps. <laughs> it's all clear. Um, well, I mean, unless anybody has any other better ideas. No. Oh, uh, oh actually, here's the first thing to do. Oh, we just opened the door. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, <laughs> does anybody need healing? <laughs> no. I usually, Torque usually just needs healing. Bursts yeah. through the door and rushes. I think Torque definitely needs healing. You guys would definitely want to take care of that before you move on, probably. Yeah, right. Horik um, is kind of beat to shit from our last encounter. Well, I don't want to put any blame on anyone, but <laughs> <laughs> it was self-inflicted, I think, in a way. <laughs> Uh, so you guys are going through the door? Yeah, man. Horik, you get nine hit points back, and then we go through <laughs> the door. Okay. Douglas cracks the door open, looking through to the other side. This chamber appears to be a small armory. The dwarves' tools and weapons that they used to forge here have been left mostly alone. You notice that when you were fighting the fire newts, they kind of had their own style of weapons they, uh. that they seem to create themselves. So a lot of the heavier dwarven designs and dwarven armor doesn't really fit them, not really useful for them, has been left here. 
Right. So if anybody needs like a new battle axe or maul or morning star or so any like plus one stuff, what would you be looking for? A sword shinier than the one I currently have. <laughs> a shinier sword? Yeah. You can have a dwarven make sword. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to lay down one of my own and then pick up one of those. Nice. Yeah. So I have uh, two different style uh, short swords. It's got this more like squarish cross guard to it with gold and silvery metal embossed design on it, kind of like in a grid pattern. It looks pretty cool. The blade is this nice chunky steel blade, about the same length as your previous short sword, but definitely has a bit more of a heft to it. You think, yeah, sweet. Now I've got a dwarven sword. I will name him Rupert. Put it down on your character sheet. I want to find a very intricate set of knives, something with an elaborate handle. There are definitely some dwarven knives here. Looks more like etching knives and leather crafting knives here, like they're tool sets. Right. But you know that anything dwarven made is going to surpass anything mm-hmm. made in human lands. So just in terms of like longevity and quality, you definitely got something here that will do good stabbing. Cool. Yeah. Cranston is expecting an ambush at any moment. So while these guys are fiddling with their weapons. We're getting better weapons is, uh, for this ambush. Um, <laughs> standing at watch. You this got is like it. the Matrix moment where like the wall <laughs> of like weapons just rolls in. Where they're gearing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's literally trying to give us stuff and you're just like, no. I can grab stuff after we get stabbed by a million salamanders. <laughs> On the right wall of the armory, there is another door leading into another room. You think th- through this door kind of seems to line up more with the crane that you saw earlier. Might Might be the connecting room there. Do you go through? I listen at the door. Make a perception check. 23. You hear some distant mumbling, but it sounds like it's like through a door and then through another door almost. But you can hear voices in the distance. I ask one of the dwarves, do you know what room this is on the other side? I'm I'm pretty sure that it's the forge. There's going to be some anvils, maybe some more metal. So large room. Yeah, right. enough room for a couple dwarves, maybe even four, four or five dwarves to work simultaneously. We're going to go in real quiet. All right, so you're stealthing in. Yeah. I'll be right behind you. Yeah, keep it down. All right. <laughs> I'll be very quiet right behind you. Thank you. Go ahead and roll your stealth. <laughs> Go ahead and roll your stealth. All right. Lee got 13. 13. All right. You open the door up and you see a large room, about 25 feet by 25 feet, two massive cast iron or wrought iron anvils in front of two little molten pools of metal. There's all these ingots leaned up against the southern portion of the wall against the forge. You can see that there's, again, the huge crane pokes through one side of the wall here that is going to be able to move metal back and forth if you needed it to, if you're going to be crafting something. I don't know. On the other side of the room, there is another door. And on the left side, there is a door leading further away from the smelter. I look to where I heard the source of the sound. You'd have to make another perception check. Eight. So you are listening, listening, and you don't hear the same murmuring that you heard before. Instead, you hear this quiet voice. It sounds really distant, and it's crying out like, let me out, let me out, help me. I know I can hear you out there. You have to help me. It's not the sound of the newt we locked up in the other room? No. <laughs> okay. No, it's coming from... A different room. It's coming from, I don't know, it's distant. You can't pinpoint it exactly. I see the door on the left, and I'm going to run to that one and put my ear to it. So the one opposite the crane there? Yes. You're listening at the door opposite the crane? Yep. Okay. I'm going to put my ear to it. Yep. See if the voice gets any louder. I did real good. Not too much louder, but it's still persistent. You have to let me out. I can hear you. I can hear you. Please. Please let me out. Who are you? Doesn't hear you back. It's still just, help me, help me. I think it's a trap. I think it's like a whispering spell or yeah, something like that. seems suspicious. So you got two other doors in here. Do you guys want to go through either of them or are you just going to go back or? I'm going to crack open the one 
that I'm currently standing in front of. So you're in front of this door, you crack it open and you see this long hallway, you know, maybe 35 feet and then a big long bridge. Holy crap, this looks so of, trapped. It's over top of a <laughs> magma hit. Yeah, there's no reason to make hallways this big unless they're for traps, basically. <laughs> you can see that there is a lever, maybe 20 feet down from you, just on the left side. It's made out of iron. It is currently in the down position. You should keep it in the down position. Should we check the south door then? See if we can find the source of your sure. uh, pen pal there. So you're checking the other door? I'm going to stealthily crack it open to get a peek in there. Okay. 21. You start to crack it open, and on the other side of that door, you immediately start to hear the shuffling and the murmuring and gurbling of some more fire newts. You can yeah. just see the, the crack. There's a there's somebody there. Hmm. Right now, you can just see like the backside yeah. of one fire newt. You haven't opened it any further than that. You right. kind of froze, and we're like... Whoa. Do you think they're torturing someone in there, and they're like whispering into our minds? Whoa. No, I don't, I don't think <laughs> that. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I was either thinking we rush in and help them, or we move that big anvil in front of the door. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that one. Would it even be possible for us to move those? The dwarves can move them. Probably. You have three dwarves and Hork Jones. Yeah. That would probably yeah. make a lot of noise, though. Hork is like half an anvil. Yeah, but if they move At it least. in front of there, yeah. it doesn't matter how loud they are. Okay, cool. Neat plan. That is kind of a cool plan. Yeah, I silently close the door. I hope nobody's behind there that needs to be saved. I say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get a strength athletics check from Horek, and the dwarves will aid you. Okay. So you can have a plus four on it. Horek. Horek. <laughs> <laughs> are you lifting the anvil or sliding it? Yeah, just sliding it. So Horek and the dwarves are just going to like get close down to the ground and try Could to you... inch the the anvil along. Could Douglas like create a uh, like ice, ice yeah, and make it yeah. slip right off and make, make, turn this into a Zelda ice block it's puzzle? It's gotta be super hot in here though. It might oh, that's yeah. a good point. Alright, never mind. I mean, do, you have, do you have grease? <laughs> I actually do have grease. Is it prepared? No, it isn't oh. though. That's just naturally from your skin. <laughs> yeah. No, my skin is very moist all the time. Moist with grease. Yeah. yeah. I you mean, that I, shiny glow. If we take a quick nap, I can. <laughs> <laughs> a quick eight hour nap. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it sounds like you are all in the room. You're all kind of ready and. Yeah, I've just got crossbow drawn at the door. Okay. Yeah, I'll stand there with my bow ready too in case you're way too loud. Yeah, so Horik and the dwarves try to push this anvil in front of the door. 22 to push the yeah, anvil. That's pretty good. You guys start sliding the anvil over. You get the first two and a half feet. So halfway there, the anvil's just closing up on the door when it starts to open. And on the other side, a newt pokes its nose out. Hork tries to push the anvil, like tip it over and see if that's enough to block the door. Make a strength check. 10. You're not able to tip the anvil over. You're still just pushing you and the dwarves working Too together to get, it, to get it forward. And this newt is going to get a spell off. Hork, keep pushing. Yeah. Shut the and door on. We're going to fire some stuff in there. Can Hork use his action surge to try even harder to push this thing over, or is it like a lost cause? It's a lost cause. Okay. Do we get our reaction shots? Yes. So if you were ready with a ranged action. Yep, man, we both had our bows out and, or whatever. Go ahead. Ah! 13. What are you doing? I'm shooting my arrow into the crack of the door. 13 hits. Oh, cool. Lee hits with her amazing shot from her bow <laughs> that she strung as a child. <laughs> Saving this shot up for 45 years. Yeah. This is for you, Pops. He hated fire newts. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He hated most things, though. He's kind of racist. Oh. 13 damage. Perfect. And I think somebody else had Cranston. Yep. You had yep. a shot? Cranston loses a bolt as well at the casting yep. newt. 
21 to hit, 9 damage. It's gonna get its spell off. Really? Dang! Yeah. It's a tough newt. It manages to get one hand out the door, and with a huge whoosh, this oh. cone of fire bursts out from it. This is a 15-foot cone. Everybody's gonna make a dexterity saving throw. It will hit everybody except Albinox and Town. Oh, good job, Town! Douglas got a 7. Okay, that's a fail. Horik rolled a natural 20. Horik saves. Cranston got a 19. Okay. Lee got a 9. All right, this huge burst of flame erupts from the Fire Newt's hands, catching many of you in its blast. If you have failed your save, you're going to take 16 points of fire damage. (laughs) If you saved, you're going to take half of that, which is 8. Oh, wait, he's a warlock, so that's even higher. Hold on. Nope. Another 5. God. What the hell, Sean? (laughs) Sorry. He's casting it highest spell slot. Oh, my God. Another five or another three if you passed, right? Yes, uh, three if you passed. Hurt. Uh, And then you slam the door shut, anvil on top of it, and the newt is slamming against the inside of the door, and you can hear, blah, 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 from him and a few others in there as well, trying to push back against it. Do I hear the other voice? It's still kind of similar, but it's like, why? Why aren't you listening to me? Please, I've been trapped down here so long. You have to help me. There's just, there's no hope. Do I feel like this is unnatural? Make a insight check, I guess? 19. The volume seems very level. Yeah. For for being, like, distant. It hasn't changed from since I've been in this room. Yeah, and even with changing with the tonality of the voice, it seems very level. Can Granson hear this voice? Yes, you all can hear. Okay, good. I want to leave now. (laughs) That really hurt. (laughs) All right, Douglas, looks like you are uh, planning on doing something here. Well, I just want to double check the actual lever. Okay. So down the other, down the hallway leading out to the huge magma pit, uh, you are spotting this this lever. Uh, It's made out of iron. It's currently in the down position. Uh, It's attached to the wall like a lever should be. (laughs) That's what you know about it. You could uh, ask one of the dwarves, maybe. Yeah, this is the dwarves' home. Do they yeah. know uh, how the, what this operates? I can ask the dwarves what's going on with it. Like, I understand it's probably yeah. for the bridge, but, like, yeah. is there a way, like, a safety mechanism that we can make sure someone can't just flip it? <laughs> Sithy comes up and looks at it, and he's kind of rubbing his chin. It's been so long. I, I think, I mean, it must be, it must have something to do with the bridge or the gantry. Uh, I mean, we could always just flip it. Yeah, I don't want to do that. What I want to do is make sure it does never flip again. <laughs> does never flip. Uh, yeah, is it made of wood? We could snap it off. It's made out of iron, but we could. I mean, it is possible to saw through it. It'll take time. I mean, someone can just grab a steel rod and stick it in there and still lever. Well, we, we kind of did our due diligence and like trapped them in the room for now. It's true, I guess. I know we're just going to cross it and, and someone's going to come try to flip that switch. Yeah, hopefully the people that were I've been, now trapped in that I've room. I've been on bridges enough times to know that's always what happens. <laughs> what if we could jam it? That would work. I would be for jamming it. We got like all these stupid barrels. And all right, I take out my preserves and I just pour it all over. Here, I'll just, I'll just grab a pick. <laughs> I'll jam a pick in there. Perfect. Sure. Perfect. Thanks. Which one were you? I'm Sithy. Thanks, Sithy. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the main one. How rude. <laughs> yeah, which one are you? I'm the main one. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's just get across this bridge. Come on, Kay. guys. Yeah. So you are crossing the bridge. Douglas is way in there. He's ready to go. This metal bridge, as you get out on it, you can see that there are components on it, like gears and, and wheels, that would allow it to retract or advance. Currently, it is spanning this entire 30 or 40 foot lake of magma. And then at the other end, it opens up into 
two chambers. Or becomes a hallway again in, into the rock, and then that becomes two chambers. To your left, there's sort of a hollowed-out natural cave-looking space. And right ahead of you, two dwarven suits of armor stand on either side of a huge adamantine-banded iron door. Uh, the suits of armor were at one point beautiful, but now they're scarred by weapons, scorched by fire, smeared with fire newt filth. You can see here that the large door has two locks, one situated above the other. Sithy, there are these golems. Be straight with me. <laughs> no, these are... I mean, we put dwarf shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in front of a door, that's usually like a golem situation. Look how look how damaged they are. If you wanted to smear garbage on a golem that's defending something, you're not going to be able to uh, get away with it. very disrespectful newt, you might do it. Yeah, but you would see a bunch of newt bodies. That's true. Good point. I'm going to look at the locks and see if people have tried to, like, jimmy it open or anything. Yeah. Make a perception check. Or investigation, actually. Oh. Yeah. That's a weird one. Your ability to draw conclusions from evidence in the area. Lee rolled 11. Uh, you do see some, like, scratch marks on the outside of the door, on the hinges. Looks like they've been trying to pry the hinges off or pry the bands off, but nothing they've done has been effective enough to break through. Sithy comes forward, and he says, I've got one of the keys, but I don't have the other one. And he pulls out a golden key from underneath his vest and proffers it to you. Do we do it with just one key? I can do my best at getting the other one open. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to use my last spell on healing Douglas, or is he a lost cause? <laughs> I, all I know is that I really would prefer not to die. You get eight hit points back. Oh, thank you. And then Cranston gets up and tries to pick that second lock. Okay, and you have thieves' tools. And I sure proficiency. do. Yep. Okay. As you're about to put your lock picking mechanism into the actual open part of this lock, you notice a trigger within it. You think that. You should still be able to unlock it, but if you accidentally trip this little hook in there, it will trigger some sort of trap. Right. Kind of dwarf golem situation. <laughs> yeah. Lee takes a few steps back. Sleight of hand, right? Yes. 16 modified. You are in there with your tools, jimmying around, trying to get the mechanism to go without hitting that hook and you can't quite get it. You can't reach it. It's either the shape of your tools or the fact that that hook is right in the right spot. You're not able to open it without triggering the trap. Can I identify what I think the trap does or leads to? Or No, you're not sure. Okay. Sithy, where would we find the other key? I don't know. I mean, we take a look around and maybe we'll find it. Maybe we'll find a mold to make a new one. Maybe it's, it's something that we would have kept around. Yeah, it's probably... Is it just a duplicate of the this key? No, they are both different. <laughs> <laughs> My mother told me the other key is supposed to be adamantine. This one is gold. I mean, I'm doing okay for hit points. <laughs> if everybody stands back, I can open this lock if we don't have any other options. Bound to be potions in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just risk it. We know what's behind that drawer. It's some fucking newts with crazy power. Guarding a key. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A key that's talking to us. Oh, shit. <laughs> I figured it out. I run back. <laughs> key, I'm coming. <laughs> Come on, guys. We don't need that key. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so cool, huh? Lee, I'm seeing your fig over in this side room here. Yeah. There's a you know some like bundles of garbage and some crates and stuff in here. Give me a perception check. All 
right. This place is not well taken care of. By well, the there's been fire newts in Lee's here for how long? not really long. known for sifting through garbage, but she will in this case. You, <laughs> you kick a couple things out of the way. Thirteen. You find a small glass vial that you think is a potion. Hmm. What color is it? It is red. I smell it. It's a healing potion. <laughs> <laughs> I drink it. it. Smells like cherry. Do you need to? Yeah. I'm still down like 12 hit points. Oh, okay. Oh, down 12 hit points. <laughs> you know what you did, Horg. <laughs> <laughs> One other option is I have the very last of my arcane ability today. And I could at least give myself advantage on that lockpick check and try again. Okay. That'd be dope. Yeah. But then I'd be I'd be basically done. To I'd be get fair, very if we can get in there that. and then lock the door after us, we should be safe for a while. Bards still have cantrips, though. Yes, yes. I wouldn't be useless, but I'd be... Well, that's up to discussion, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> in my honest opinion. <laughs> Cranston, do what your heart tells you. Well, I mean, if the alternative is us standing in this hallway until we die... Um, <laughs> yeah. You can visually see that yeah. Douglas and, is getting yeah. thinner. <laughs> in preparation, Lee uh, slams that potion. Just evaporating. Yeah, slowly. I still suggest you guys probably stand back, but right. I will cast Enhance Ability on myself. Can I try the lock again, or am I just getting a second roll from... You can. You know yeah. that if you fail by too much, the trap will trigger. Okay. 23. You get your tools in there. Click. And the lock opens. And Sithy inserts... The golden key into the lock above it, turns it, click, and he says, all right, so who gets to go in first? After you, this is your home. (laughs) All right, I'm excited. (laughs) We wouldn't want to impose. (laughs) This is for traps, right? Just so we're clear? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, this is, I get first look at the treasure. Yeah. Sithy and Tuntha are just about to pull open the doors. What's your marching order? Who's going first? Who's going last? I'm you can go. You can go kind of two abreast through the door. Right. Dwarves in the front, elf in the back. <laughs> Put Horik up in the front there. Uh, I don't think Horik's doing too good. Yeah, Horik is <laughs> fine. Is seriously wounded. Are you telling me Horik wouldn't just push through us if there was something there to get in front anyway? You know, Horik does want to not die. Okay. Despite all evidence. Didn't show us. I never knew that about him until this moment. He's very close to death. Okay. Have you used second wind already? Yeah, we haven't had a short rest since last session, so... Oh. Oh. Don't think we have an hour to kill him. I mean, I feel like an hour is a a long period of time. If you guys want a short rest, go ahead and short rest, because... Lee's going to close the door behind him. Only having eight hit points is not a fun way to live. Well, you know, ten. Yeah. Ten hit points. Yeah, sure. Um, For a fighter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, if we're taking a short rest, you get the eight temporary hit points from me as well. Ah, dope! Okay, we're going to go one more time through our marching order here. So, Sithi and Tuntha are in front, about to throw the door open. Right behind Tuntha is Albinox. Lee's beside Albinox. Yeah, that's a pretty good view. Then we have Douglas in town, and then Horik and Cranston. The dwarves... Push the two doors open. They've got these looks of glee upon their faces, about to reveal some fat loots. Come on, come on, Tunta. Push that door. We're going to get in there. We're recovering all of the treasures of our ancestors. We're going to do it. And uh, the doors open. Still, uh, like, total darkness in here, unless one of you guys have light on. But as the light of the magma starts to brighten up, this huge dark chamber filled with mounds of treasure and adamantium ingots and gold ingots and some weapons and some suits of armor and in the middle there's this huge mound of hardened silver and adamantium mounded all together 
and emerged from the top of that mound is the top half of this centaur-like creature, just covered in razor-sharp spines and blades. These two massive horns protruding from the top of its head and these grisly claws. And that voice in your head again, like a child's voice. You're here. You're here to free me. You're here to let me out. I'm so hungry. Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Did you bring me anything to eat? And then with an otherworldly scream, it rocks its body against the mound of solidified metal around its body and rips its way out of this. It could have gone out the whole time. And begins to charge towards you. Roll initiative. Oracle's rolls 13. Lee rolls a 19. Douglas rolls a 7. Cranston sitting on 10. The dwarves, 9, because they have no decks. And then the creature goes first. It starts by charging straight at the dwarves. It's going to make its first attack. So it comes up and rears up, smashing down with its two razor-sharp centaur horse-like hooves on the first dwarf. It's going right for Tuntha. 19 to hit. Hits. Six damage to Tuntha. Ugh! He cries, <laughs> and then he's going to claw at Sithy. It's my favorite, though. And hit. All the fan art's about Sithy. Oh, man. I love that Sithy fan art everybody's been sending us, especially that one from Joe Madeira. I mean, I can't believe it. He's such a famous comic book artist. I can't believe he's making fan art for us. Sithy takes 11 damage. This is like the secret, right? Just yeah, we're out putting good it vibes. out in the universe. <laughs> Just putting it out in the universe. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It could happen. I can't wait to see the, the Hellboy Sithy crossover that we've heard <laughs> so much about. <laughs> oh, man, I know. Then, with a lash of the creature's serrated tail, whips oh, over top of the heads of the first two dwarves. And, well, let's see. Is it going to be Lee or is it going to be... Albinox. Albinox. Oh, Albin- it's Lee. Oh. So, Lee, let's see if you get hit with this serrated tail. 12 to hit. Nope. Slashes right past your neck, and you are okay for another round. Next person is Lee. Lee, that's me. What would we call this creature? You can make a knowledge religion check. Eight. You're not sure. All I know is it needs killing. All right, Lee pulls out her longbow. Yeah. Since uh, it doesn't seem like I can get past... You would either have to acrobatics your way through its space. It's currently blocking the doorway on the other side of the dwarves. How many uh, actions would it get if I got to like here? An opportunity attack is just one attack. You would only take one when you're moving through its space or away from it. All right, I'm going to risk it then and try to get past because I think we need to just spread out. Okay, go ahead and roll me an acrobatics check. 14. Didn't beat his AC, so no. You will take one attack of opportunity from a claw slashing out against you. 18 to hit? Yep. Nine damage. Lee's gonna line up a shot and take a shot with her longbow. I'm so hungry. Ten. Nope, that's a miss for sure. Next we have Horik. Horik is going to make his way up just shoulder to shoulder with these two dwarfs at the front Mm -hmm. and see if he can get a good shot in at the knees of this creature. He's gonna swing first with his flail. Lunging attack, I'm guessing. You betcha. 22 to hit. That hits. For six damage. And then he's going to make a lunging attack with his war pick. 24 to hit, 11 damage. Okay, so you've used up two superiority dice. So roll those for damage. An additional three, and then additional five damage. Okay, next is Cranston. I'd like to try my hand at a arcana check to see if I can yeah, figure out what manner of creature is this. 18. This definitely 
is giving you strong vibes of the dark abyss, a demonic creature of some sort, the likes of which you've never heard or seen of before. I have a have a guess, but do I have any idea what he wants to eat? Might be you guys. Yeah. <laughs> he was like encased in some kind of... encased in, in adamantine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Did he like free. break free of it? Yeah. Apparently he could have gotten away the whole time. Yeah. You were inspiring. Aww. <laughs> yeah. I do have that effect on people. Yeah. He saw us and he decided to flex out of there. And now he's like, let me rend your flesh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm so hungry, I'll eat you all. I could eat. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, four legs. Yes. Y- you, s- you suck. <laughs> no, you suck. Grants <laughs> <laughs> cast a vicious mockery. I think this is an automatic fail. <laughs> uh, DC 14, wisdom. You just have to roll disadvantage. <laughs> DC 14? Yeah. Of wisdom? Yeah. That is a success. That, yeah, that seems right. <laughs> uh, um, and I think uh, Cranston is going to try to move out of here as well. Get over just to the other side there, I guess. He'll make his acrobatics check. 19 acrobatics to kind of slip in between the corner there to get past the blade centaur. Yeah. Now Sithy and Tuntha right up against the demon are going to combine their efforts, try and push the centaur creature away from the door to give more room to maneuver. They both shove. So he's getting aid. They managed to shove it back five feet. Nice. It's the dwarf in the back. That's Albinox. He's going to move up to there, and he's going to swing with his hand axe. He hits. Take that, you great lummox. Uh, hits for three damage. I just don't have a really good axe. <laughs> you should have picked one yeah, up. Yeah, come on, man. You I was waiting for a good magical one. one that's in the vault. Didn't want to carry too many axes. Excuses, excuses. Yeah. You know what? You know what? It's your turn. You go ahead, <laughs> Douglas. You try and do it. so i want to roll a religion i feel like my time at home we had a big library full of (laughs) books on horrible creatures sure Ooh. yeah that's a 23 you know a little bit more than cranston this is an armonite it is a fiend from the abyss it's chaotic evil you know that these types of demons frequently are imbued with a natural magic that allows them to shrug off spells great and also their natural weapons are treated as magical okay the second thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully not magic. <laughs> it is going to be magic, but not maybe not what you think. I'm going to use prestidigitation and behind him in the center of the room. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be like a feast, like a roast and like candles <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing okay. right in the center. Wafting smells. Turducken. Yeah. Okay. Turducken for sure. Okay. Um, sure. You prestidigitate <laughs> that. Okay. Yep. I'm hoping it, it distracts him. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he falls in the hole. It's worked on Cranston. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, dinner time. I mean, that has been his whole thing up to, to this point. Uh, no, he's fine. What? <laughs> I rolled the saves. I got a 19 on the die. <laughs> I saw it. Whose side are you on? <laughs> but yeah, there's a nice dinner laid out for anybody else who wants it. <laughs> Lee starts running towards the basement. <laughs> Hork oh. makes a note of it for later. Yeah. You guys been, are just going to fall in the hole. have been down here for so long. We'll go around when the battle's yeah, done. I, I need now. clarification on the hole. Is there like a pit? It, no. It's, it's, it's the void that he ripped out of. But it's like a couple feet deep. It's, it's, oh, a, it's, a, it's horse deep. It's a pothole. It's not a pit. It's Yeah, it's, a okay. ho- it's horse deep. Sure, fine. Yeah. I understand. 
I think that's everybody. So it's going to be the Arminite's turn again. He's going to continue his assault. But instead of lashing out with his physical weapons, he crosses his arms in front of his chest, takes a deep breath, and unleashes a lightning bolt. Oh, great. Shooting straight down the hallway. This is going to hit Sithy, Tunta, Horik, Douglas, and Town. You guys are going to make dexterity saving throws. Three. Oh, yeah. That's not good enough. <laughs> uh, 20 for Town. That's a pass. 18 for Horik. And our dwarf friends... One fails, one succeeds. So Tunta and anybody else who failed. Me. Douglas, you're taking 27 lightning damage. Holy hell. (laughs) Good thing you had those temporary points. Tunta falls unconscious. No shit. Half for anybody else. That would almost like instantly drop me. This lightning bolt rushes through the hallway, striking both the dwarves. One of them takes the full brunt, completely falling unconscious. Sithy still on his feet. We've got Horik. A little bit of lightning damage. Douglas, probably lots of lightning damage. Oh, mostly lightning damage. (laughs) (laughs) Water is very good lightning conductor. Yeah, that's a good point. There you go. And since you're always moist, it just went all over your body. Uh, Lee, it's going to be you in town up next. (laughs) It's not inaccurate. Lee. Lee. Going to actually use one of her spells when she fires her bow. You got magic? Some. I can put alarm on this shit. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to use ensnaring strike. Okay. Next creature I hit gets to make a save, and if they fail, they will be restrained, and then it'll deal damage because these thorns will kind of grow out of the ground. And Okay, so so all these thorns start to grow out of the ground, trying to yeah. trap and, and grab onto the Armonite's legs. Exactly. I'm going to roll the hit first off, though, with my arrow. 19. 19 to hit. Hits. Six from that, and then okay. he's going to make a saving throw. Uh, so he's got advantage on this. The uh, first die failed. The second fail. die. Fail, 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 fail. Is a 13. No! All right, what's Town doing? Has this weird creature taken its attack of opportunity? No. No? Okay. Town's going to leave. Go back here. Town runs away. <laughs> yeah. If she can get behind the door, like back there, she will. She's getting out of range of this guy. Oh, of the lightning. Yeah. Okay, so she's way back. Okay, it's now Horak Jones. This creature... Yeah, it is... shot this huge lightning bolt down the hallway. That's fucking crazy. Enveloping you, yeah. That is fucking crazy. It doesn't have any kind of armor, any kind of weapons. It's just like... It's using its natural claws off its elbows, off its head. Wow. It's got all these like razor sharp protrusions coming off of it. Its hooves themselves are weapons. It's got this serrated tail that's able to lash out at range. And fully nude. Oh yeah. Just hanging dong. Wow. Hanging razor dong. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's got to be barbed like a lion. Like a Paul Rudd movie. Okay. Huh? (laughs) What? (laughs) So Horik is going to use his precision attack and try to aim specifically for the hanging dong. It's called an aim shot. No, it's a maneuver. Yeah. (laughs) Precision attack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're going to move you up right up. Yeah, we're getting right there. Yeah. Yeah. Arm in arm with the two dwarves that still stand. You lash out with your flail. Nine to hit. No, that doesn't hit. Then I guess I don't get to use my maneuver anyway. Boo. Do you still have your second weapon attack? I do. I could use my flail. Okay. I'm going to use my flail. Your flail That's a 20 to hit. 20 hits. All right. We'll use the precision attack with that as well because... Precision is to hit, I think. No? Hitting dongs. Then I'm going to use my pushing attack instead. Okay. 12 damage. Okay. And Ah, he has to make a strength saving throw or be pushed 15 feet back. In the pit. How's it looking? Try to push me. I am stronger than you. We'll see. 
I'm being pushed. <laughs> yeah, Horik's yeah, really fat, so... He's swole. With a cry of pain, the Armonite is pushed back towards the center of the room, and we move on to Cranston. Cranston is feeling a little helpless without any of his magic. He's going to look around the room here. Yes. We are in some kind of fancy treasure vault, door sure vault. Are. He's going to look for perhaps a weapon or some fancy crossbow bolts, something that might aid him in felling this vile beast. Make a perception check with disadvantage because there's a combat going on. Nine. You see, like, you could maybe you could throw some ingots at him. <laughs> it seems like a solid There plan. are pieces of armor. There are some weapons, but to know if any of these are, like, magical yeah. or something like that. Maybe just use your crossbow. You have no, no clue. Yeah. You, do, you need time to really sift through things. All right, sure. Grinson will just back up a little bit into that corner so he feels nice and cozy there. And then he'll fire his crossbow. Patang! Nope. He pretends it never happened. <laughs> I saw he it. Shouldn't have made like the bolt like glancing up of armor sound. Then. <laughs> well, it seems like he's mostly metal. I feel like it would make that noise. Glanced off his armor. Uh, I will tell Horik, "Hey, man, really good hits. Keep it up." And give you a bardic <laughs> inspiration die. All right, Sithy and Albinox close the gap between themselves and the Armonite, harrying it, keeping it busy as you guys are trying your various stratagems. Both of them swinging their axes wildly. One of them connects for six damage. They're basically doing all the work. Next we have Douglas. So moving out of the hallway, I'm going to pass Hork, give him a pat on the butt. <laughs> An athletic butt slap. Yeah, I'll, I'll be here. And then I guess I will look on my side of the vault sure. to see if I find anything. Sure. Make a perception with disadvantage. 11. You see there's this this huge golden and silver gauntlet lying on top of the a pile Infinity of ingots. Gauntlet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have stones in it? No stones. I rolled knowledge comic book. It's much more dwarvy than that. Does it look like it could fit a horic? It looks like it could fit a horic or a dwarf. Okay. Gets the thing that your eye is drawn most to. I'm going to try to slide it towards them and then anybody else can pick it up after that. Okay. So there's a gauntlet lying on the ground. Before I do it, though, I kiss the knuckles for good luck and then I throw it. <laughs> Slide it on the ground towards you it guys. It slides perfectly right beside Horik and Sithy's feet. They're, of course, preoccupied with this giant monster. Who knows nice. if they have time to play dress up. <laughs> I don't know. You might see a shiny thing. You might. All right. Armonite's turn. Let's see. Does he recharge? He recharges. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's not great news. No, he's going to lightning bolt your asses. Albinox gets a attack of opportunity as the oh, what demon the f- shifts around He's moving the towards us, Douglas. <laughs> what am I supposed to do about it? <laughs> Albinox gets a hit in. I don't know. Pick up more gauntlets. That seemed to help. <laughs> he positions himself to shoot another lightning lance. It's going to hit both the dwarves and Cranston and Horik once again. Shit. Go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Horik rolls 11. 23 for Cranston. Hell yeah, Cranston. So, Horik, you're going to take full damage. Oh, shit. 16. Sithy takes 8 damage. Sithy is still up. Wow. Damn. That's why he's my favorite. He looks like he's drunk with blood loss. Oh, though. yeah. I get it, Zippy. <laughs> Just stumbling back and forth. Oh, geez. Looks like he's totally ready to go down. Did tell you anything about this guy? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. No, she didn't. Lee, your turn. Lee drops her longbow. Yep. And pulls out Amar and Rupert. Nice. He swings them both down on its back. All right. 19. Hits. 13. No. So just the first one hits. Eight damage. It's looking like you guys are doing a pretty good amount of damage to it. I'm going to five foot step towards Douglas as well. Okay. Next we have Horik. Horik takes a step towards the terrible, terrible monster. Yeah. On his way there, he scoops up 
this gauntlet onto his hand. <laughs> yeah. He sees it in the corner of his eye. It's shiny. Which weapon do you drop in order to be able to pick it up? The pick. Okay. He puts on the gauntlet. Yeah. Does that affect his armor class? Or no. It just looks fancy. Rad. Looks really rad. So Horik is like right up in front of this creature. He's got that gauntlet on his right hand and he reaches it out and flexes each of his fingers. says, watch this. I will. Is what oh, Douglas were you says. talking to Douglas? Oh. <laughs> no, to the creature, but whoever's listening, yeah, really. Yeah, I'm listening. Everybody gazes in awe. Yeah, I try to look over its shoulder and watch. And then hoping to maybe distract the creature with the, like, <laughs> 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 with the, the gauntlet business. All right. Uppercuts with his flail. Yeah. 22 to hit. That hits. Nine damage. It's tottering. It's got some huge gaping bruises and wounds all over its torso. It is looking a lot worse for wear, but it's still like, "Ah, I will eat you. I will eat your heart. I'll tear open your skull and drag your brains out one bit at a time. Dude, chill out. (laughs) So Horik takes a swing with the gauntlet. 19 to hit. Hit. You can add that bardic inspiration die to the damage. Do it. Yeah. One big awesome punch. Eight damage. Nice. You clock it and it's now tottering and it's angry barrage of threats has kind of stopped as it totters and twists to the left and to the right. It's flailing with its claws. It's stunned. It's dizzy. It's about to go down. Cranston, it's your turn. Crossbow. 15. That hits. 10 damage with that crossbow bolt. Describe how it kills it. Horik has just bashed him in the face with that gauntlet, setting his head spinning a little bit, and then this crossbow bolt goes right up and hits him in the throat. Pierces the throat, you see the the arterial blood start to gush out, and it collapses to the ground. Does he have regular blood? It's got demon blood, so it's probably all like gross and black and greenish and, and sticky. Scythian and Albinox immediately go to their fallen companion, cradling him and setting his arms at rest across his body. Scythia is weeping. You guys are now in the vault of Rakamar. I hope it was worth it. Me too. Sithi, after he deals with the fallen body of Tuntha, turns to you. Well, like I promised, you can each take as much adamantine as you can carry, non-magically, please. And I'll allow you each to pick one magical item from our store. Sithi comes over to you, Horik. That, that gauntlet. It's a sacred heirloom of our people. It's called Moradin's Gauntlet. We call it Punchy. <laughs> Horik takes Punchy the Gauntlet off of his fist and hands it back to... I mean, it's so sacred, but it didn't give you, like, any extra power. <laughs> yeah, so what's it's the like point? A, it's kind of like a, like a crown or something mm. like that. It's not magical. I would like to give you this instead, though. He passed you a mace. The head of the mace is shaped like a bulky boar head with two protruding tusks. Cool. It has a glossy mirror finish. It's etched with dwarven runes that sort of shimmer with an orange light. This is a plus one mace. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But it looks fucking cool. It does look fucking cool. What you gonna give me? What can I have? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'll let the rest of you split this as you wish. I know that Horik is a smasher, but the rest of you have many different talents. What we have here that I know will be of use to you if you are going on to fight Tinder and then going out to the city of Omu. Mm-hmm. This wand of magic missiles shaped like a rivet gun. Oh, cool. sweet. <laughs> uh, right, that's one of you guys for sure. Here is a ring of water walking, and this is a headband of intellect. Shows you a white and yellow woven band. It's got these dripping red and gold beads that create a pleasing rain-like sound when rustled. A close inspection shows that some sort of etching is on each bead. Like tiny text wrapped round and round, even scribbled into the inside of the bead. Liana, if you're willing to spend a little bit more time down here with us at the forge, I can create that bowl for you. Well, if it's safe here, I think we all need a bit of R&R before we continue oh our journey. God, yeah. So 
Absolutely. You're more than welcome in Arakamar anytime. Douglas already is in the corner, like, asleep. (laughs) (laughs) That chamber where we locked the salamanders in, can we just, like, flood that with water or something? I need to get in and out of there, but now that they're locked in, we can seal up the door. Yeah. We can band it, and they'll starve to death in there. That works. I'm cool with that if we go back to the the forge and just kind of camp out there for the night or whatever while he builds me my longbow. Fantastic. I'm already (laughs) camped out for the night. All right, the dwarves take a bunch of material back over to the forges. Their first priority is to seal up the door so that the other newts can't get back in. And they start to work and ask you just to keep watch to make sure that nothing comes in from the caves as they start crafting a special bow just for Liana. I take first watch. Any uh, side conversations happening while these guys are working? Any questions that you have for each other about, you know, how you're feeling? And I just talked to Scythia. So what are you going to do with your two fallen dwarves? What's your rituals? They fell as heroes. They fell as warriors in combat. We'll install them as paragons of the new Harakmar. We'll rebuild. I'll send for the albino dwarves in Port Nianzaru, and hopefully we'll be able to recover. Their memory will live on in dwarven ancestry and dwarven mythologies of this great place. I thank you again for your help, friends. Know that any time you need, you can come to us. I'll see you in two weeks. The music in this episode was produced by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.